This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, well, here we go. Welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you. Afternoons on News Talk 770-403-974-8255, 974-TALK. So already, look, we had a lot going on today. And it could be a pivotal week in the Canada-U.S. relationship as we're hearing stories south of the border that the administration is preparing a memo or preparing uh, essentially a note to withdraw from NAFTA. I guess the Americans will figure out how far the president can go unilaterally on all of this, but um, certainly things are escalating on that front. Uh, Amid all of that, though, we got some big political news developing uh, here in this country, as Kevin O'Leary was perceived to be the, or certainly one of the frontrunners in the conservative leadership race, as abruptly in the late stages of the game, decided to drop out of the race, and he's going to endorse Maxime Bernier. They will appear together at a news conference in about 90 minutes. Joining us to try to digest all of this news, very pleased to welcome to the program, uh, David Aiken. He is Global News Chief Political Correspondent. David, great to have you with us. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks very much, and and, uh, wow, what a day if you're at all. I mean, just at all, just slightly interested in Canadian politics. Uh, this is a big bombshell. A guy, you know, I don't think O'Leary was a front runner. I think he was the front runner, and he's saying, ah, I don't think I can win." And he's he's just put a statement out within the last you know hour or so, in which he says, basically, I'm I'm doing great. I love Maxine Bernier. He thinks he's statistically tied with Bernier, but then this is O'Leary again. This is O'Leary's statement saying, "I've got great support in Western Canada, but I'm going nowhere in Quebec." And the way this whole race works is every riding is got the same uh, weight, the same number of points toward it all. So Calgary, Midnapore, Jason Kenney's old riding counts as much as uh, a riding in Chicoutimi or Robertville or the Boast, which is Maxine Bernier's riding. Um, there's 60,000 people in Alberta that are going to vote in this leadership race. There's only 16, one sixth, uh, 16,000 people in Quebec that are going to vote in this. So you have to be doing well in Quebec. O'Leary doesn't speak French. He knows that. He says, I speak jobs. I don't speak French. Fine, that was a good line for English Canada. It wasn't going over well in Quebec. And so O'Leary's saying, I love Bernier's policies. They're, the phrase he said, they're a mirror of mine. I'm not going to do it in Quebec. So everybody, let's get behind Maxime Bernier to win the leadership. And then O'Leary goes further to say, and then he's going to help Bernier try to defeat Trudeau in 2019. So that is the uh, the bombshell, uh, as they say, that's happened today. And we'll continue uh, the press conference, as you say, in about 90 minutes in Toronto. Right. And, you know, it's not too long ago, though, David, there had been some tension between these two camps. Uh, there was a suggestion from O'Leary's camp that maybe uh, there was some funny business going on with Maxime Bernier's campaign. And, and Maxime Bernier fired back mm-hmm. with some, some tough language. So... I mean, it seemed as though there there was some tension, but I, I guess, well, that's forgotten now. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose the tension, and this, you see this a lot in political fights, may have been more among the operatives, the people in the back room trying to put the campaigns together. Uh, to a degree, Bernier has certainly been feisty. I mean, Bernier has called out O'Leary about the lack of French in debates and at every sort of st- uh, stump opportunity. O'Leary really hasn't uh, personally taken any swipes at Bernier, or for that matter, many of the other candidates, other than to say that he's the best one and he's got uh, the business experience. But now all is forgiven, as they say, and it's going to be Bernier and uh, Bernier trying to compete for the, the whole brass ring. The neat wrinkle in this is, and I should point out, not only is there this Bernier O'Leary press conference at, this is at 4.30 Eastern in Toronto, 
at 6 p.m. Eastern, there was a leadership debate. And, and all of us political watchers, we were gearing up to watch this last leadership debate. Okay, so O'Leary's not going to be in this leadership debate. So now what? Because there was a big component, I think, and I don't know how big, but there was certainly a component of Bernier supporters who saw Bernier as best to beat O'Leary. So there was an anybody but O'Leary component lined up behind Bernier. Now that there is no Bernier in this race, do some of those people go, hmm, what about that Andrew Shear guy? Or maybe I like uh, Lisa Raitt uh, or Erin O'Toole. And so things could shift there. And so now we want to watch this leadership debate to say, okay, does, does Andrew Shear go after Erin O'Toole to try to position himself as now the anybody but Bernier candidate? Right. So we're going to be watching these really interesting on-the-fly dynamics. I'm sure all the campaigns... Uh, we've been trying to reach them this afternoon. I think they're all huddled, basically going, "Okay, well, you know, how do we how do we make sense of this?" The the one, you know, and presumably all of them are going to be pitching for O'Leary's support now, except for one, and that's Lisa Raitt, the Ontario MP, because Lisa had a website saying anybody but O'Leary sign up, so she's not going to get O'Leary's supporters. But can she pitch against Bernie? I don't know. It's going to be. It's nobody's been in this place before. It's a. Uh, shaking up the snow globe and seeing uh, who gets covered in snow here. No, it's pretty bonkers, as you say, for a front-runner in a leadership race to suddenly become so remarkably pessimistic to say, I don't even think we can win on the second ballot, let alone win the next election, that uh, all of a sudden, you know, things are going great, people are loving us, to all of a sudden waking up one day saying, this is all hopeless. I mean, it's just weird. uh, Just to explain the timing a little bit, so the membership sales closed a couple of weeks ago, and the party has just finished essentially verifying all those memberships, and this week announced that 250,000 people are eligible to vote in this thing. And I mentioned a few minutes ago, 60,000 Albertans, 16,000 in Ontario, or in uh, Quebec, and so on. And the campaigns themselves would have just gotten those numbers. So the campaigns would have had an idea of how they were doing. The O'Leary campaign says it sold 35,000 memberships. Not bad, but again, there's 260,000 voters. So as the campaigns got the details on the memberships, where people lived, what ridings they were in, it's a pretty simple thing for all of the campaigns to plug in those numbers in their spreadsheets, and they would have been able to do the math. And that is what O'Leary's team did. They plugged the numbers in, they did the math, and went, whoa, uh, this isn't going to come together. And I, I can tell you, I've, I've been speaking to some other campaigns who have been doing similar math. Certainly Bernie's campaign, they were confident that, that before O'Leary had dropped out, they were likely going to win on like the 11th ballot, <laughs> that O'Leary did have no support. He would have been first on ballots 1 through 9, or 1 through 10, but then as everybody dropped off on the final ballot, Bernier versus O'Leary straight up, Bernier was going to win 52 to 48. That's what I've heard from other campaigns, and it looks like O'Leary has made that same calculation and said, okay, let's just line up behind Bernier. And the interesting thing here, too, is O'Leary is saying, you know, I'm not a professional politician. And he isn't. He's a professional reality TV star slash investor. And he said that he got into this race because he wants to have economic growth in Canada of 3%. And so he's saying, now, this is the best way I can make sure that happens is by getting behind Bernier. That said, I can tell you there's definitely going to be some cynics who at this press conference at 4.30 are going to say to O'Leary, was this just a stunt then, a publicity stunt to boost your TV ratings or whatever it might be? There's going to be a lot of people who will be annoyed at Kevin O'Leary, his supporter certainly, um, and a lot of people a little cynical about the whole thing. 
Well, you could put me in that camp, David. I mean, that's how yeah. it smells like that to me. I mean, he could have concluded right from the get-go uh, there was going to be an uphill battle for him in Quebec, that there was an obvious candidate to support then. If, if it's all true what he says about Maxime Bernier and what Bernier stands for, uh, that would have all been obvious to him from, from day one. It just seems to and, me that he doesn't want to put in the work. And he had some very smart people, and, and, and working on his campaign, experienced people in politics. Marjorie LeBreton, the former senator, was a key confidant of all the successive uh, and, and successful Harper campaigns the, the, when they won the government. A guy named Ken Coates, who did debate prep for Stephen Harper, was on the, the, the Bernier team. Long, long career in politics. And they would have certainly explained to O'Leary, first of all, he was so late getting into the race that many couldn't fundraise, you couldn't sign people up, and that he didn't really have a good answer on the French thing, a good answer to French uh, Canada. Uh, they, should have, they, they certainly would have told him that, but, you know, he was going to go his own way. And so, yeah, I guess you become cynical. On the other hand, you, you might want to note that actually politics is for professionals at some point, Donald Trump notwithstanding, and that you do need to sort of cross off certain checks and boxes, and certainly in the Canadian context you do, because you can't buy um, a leadership, you can't buy an election the way some say you can in the United States. We have a lot more strict rules about rich guys just buying their way to leadership. So questions for O'Leary for sure at 4.30, and then questions for Bernier, and then a leadership debate. Uh, so when do the Conservatives actually choose their next leader? That's coming up in, in May, right? May 27th, yeah. So there's still a, a good a month to go in terms of the campaigning, and it just puts, without O'Leary now, that well, those 35,000 people are up for grabs. I, the, I'm not even sure so far as the party goes, is O'Leary going to be on the ballot? Uh, is he, is he, I think they mailed the, ballot, the first ballots get mailed out in a week's time. Um, and so we're, we're trying to find out from the party, is he going to be on the ballot or not? Um, uh, they, I guess, formally have to wait for him to file papers saying, I'm out of the race. He forfeits certainly tens of thousands of dollars in deposits. Uh, O'Leary does. Um, and then everybody's going to be campaigning like crazy to get the O'Leary supporters uh, backing their team. But not only that, as I say, it'll be also sheer supporters trying to convince the Erin O'Toole supporters that they're better to beat up against Bernier. Bernier's going to want to be consolidating his support and, you know, who are his natural allies. I can tell you that to the extent that there, that uh, a lot of O'Leary supporters were going to vote for O'Leary or nobody, they were going to rank a ballot. But a lot of those who were going to rank a ballot with O'Leary at the top, a lot of them had Kelly Leach in number two. Uh, Kelly Leach is not number two for anybody else. She is four, five, and six. Does this put some new starch in Kelly Leach's campaign? She's been the controversial one, remember, Canadian values test, etc. And her support has kind of stalled. She's, you know, third place, but a distant third back. Does this put some new starch into her campaign? Uh, it might. We're going to see, again, at the leadership debate, we're going to, tonight, we'll get our first hint at where now she wants to angle herself to try and, uh, you know, carve out some support. Right. In the meantime, David, what's happening on the, the softwood lumber front? Things seem to have escalated dramatically uh, in the yeah. past week or so. It's now softwood lumber on the table, dairy on the table, maybe all of NAFTA suddenly on the table. What are you hearing today? We, we, I, we're hearing not much. When I say we, that's the media in Ottawa, and that's because the, the Canadian government is trying to get a sense of what is going on. What are you thinking of, Trump? It's all whispers and rumors and who knows what. Um, John Manley, the former industry minister, and now he's the, the, the CEO of the Canadian Business Council, and I was talking to him earlier in the week, and, and he was saying, read The Art of the Deal, the book Donald Trump wrote. This is, you know, chapter two. This is how he likes to prepare for negotiations by blowing things up and threats and everything. 
realistically looking at this, a couple of observations. First, we heard Trump last week say Canada's not doing right on dairy, lumber, and really notable for Alberta, energy. I don't know what his beef with the energy industry is, but he, he put that out there. Now, in NAFTA, uh, NAFTA, there is some language about energy, but dairy and lumber aren't anywhere in NAFTA. Right. And so now today, uh, Trump is saying, or there's word out of the White House, that he is ready to drop an executive order to formally begin the process to withdraw from NAFTA. So is this that negotiating ploy to bring lumber and dairy inside NAFTA? Who knows? But... Again, people are trying to look at Trump's past negotiating tactics and trying to square it up with actions that, if you look at it, if you look at the facts of the case, are actually hurting the American consumer and American business. Home prices in the United States are going to go up by new home prices anywhere from 1000 to 8000 bucks. says the U.S. Home Builders Association. They hate this tariff. Um, if Trump does try to take some action on, say, an import tax on Alberta oil, Who's paying for that? Not Albertans. It'll be American consumers at the pump. Why would he want to do that? Thinking is he wants to make some of the fracking fields, the high-cost fracking fields, more competitive. But again, it'll be the American consumer paying for that. And all this action that he did has raised the U.S. currency, depreciated the Canadian currency. And what, what effect does that have? It makes Canadian manufactured goods cheaper to Americans. They'll be buying more Canadian manufactured goods. And what has Trump said all along? He wants to bring back American manufacturing. Well, his, his routine this week has just made it more difficult for anybody in the world to want to buy American manufactured goods because they're even more expensive than they were when he took office. So I'm not so sure Trump is doing right by the American consumer, let alone uh, Canadian jobs on this side of the border. I don't think he is. At the same time, David, it strikes me as a little disingenuous for the federal government here uh, to be warning that tariffs are going to make goods more expensive for consumers. In this case, softwood lumber is certainly going to make houses more expensive. But we got policies here in Canada uh, that make things more expensive, namely dairy products, as a result of mm-hmm. quotas and very high tariffs on anything coming in from the United States. It certainly well, seems hypocritical on the federal government's part. It, it could be, but on this point, on the dairy side, the dairy is a completely weird thing. Don't get me going on that. You're right. There, there's a cartel, a dairy cartel in, in Canada, protected by the federal government. Um, and the fact of the matter is, though, because of that, we don't import a lot and we don't export a lot. Right. In fact, again, just to go back to the facts of the case, uh, Mr. Trump, there's right now a five-to-one trade surplus in favor of the Americans on dairy. American dairy farmers ship about $500 million worth of dairy products into Canada, and we only ship about $100 million worth of stuff to them. So, Trump, I don't know what he's thinking there. He's, he's won that war. He's got a dairy surplus and a very healthy one. So, anyways, but, but that's, I mean, the way that market is structured, it's a different one. And $100 million in exports to the United States, I mean, don't forget, we got $2.5 billion worth of goods going across our border every day. So $100 million worth in a year of dairy goods is not exactly a big export market. The lumber market, that's huge. That's billions of dollars a year that we're selling in the United States and a whole lot of jobs in B.C., certainly, where there's a live provincial election going on. Yeah. Uh, that, that is a big bombshell of an issue in that election. Uh, what's going to go? To, what's going to happen with lumber communities? Are, are provincial and federal governments standing by with plans to help out sawmills that have to shut down or lay people off? We haven't heard a lot from Ottawa on that, and that is uh, an angle of attack for the opposition right now in Ottawa. What has the Trudeau government got in place to tide over communities who might be in some trouble because of this lumber tariff. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Well, crazy day. David, thanks for making some time for us here. Appreciate it. 
Yeah, no problem. Cheers. All right, take care. David Aiken, who is uh, well now part of the team, Global News, Chief Political Correspondent in Ottawa. So appreciate him joining us here today. A lot going on. 403-974-8255 is our number, 974-TALK. Certainly we can talk more about the conservative leadership race. Kevin O'Leary is out. He is endorsing Maxime Bernier. As David Aiken says, this press conference is going to be followed uh, by a leaders' debate tonight. And how does this change the dynamic of the race? Are Kevin O'Leary's supporters going to take his cue and follow him to Bernier's camp? Or might they scatter a little bit? Maybe Kelly Leach is someone who appeals to, to some of uh, O'Leary's supporters. And maybe they go elsewhere. And given that a lot of candidates were running directly against Kevin O'Leary, if O'Leary's out of the race, who do they turn their ire to? Right. So it certainly will change, I think, the, the dynamics of the debate tonight. We can talk a bit more about some of these trade issues with the United States. And, and David Aiken points to a, a really weird hypocrisy in Trump's message here. That we're talking about two issues, dairy and softwood, that are outside of NAFTA. And then for Donald Trump to use those trade irritants as evidence that NAFTA has been a disaster, I mean, it doesn't add up. Uh, this is something that successive presidents have had to deal with, softwood lumber. This has been an ongoing issue for a very, very long time. And NAFTA didn't address it. Not at all. Right? We'll get some kind of agreement in place, and that's looked different each time. Sometimes Canada's put our own tariffs in place on on. Softwood lumber leaving Canada for the U.S., or we've agreed to limit the amount of softwood lumber going to the U.S. We come up with something to kind of tide things over, and that agreement runs out, and then we're back to square one. Uh, the dairy thing is interesting, that all of a sudden Donald Trump decided to make that an issue. And in fact, the weird thing about it is that the specific issue he's citing, or that at least people have told him about, is on an issue that is, or one aspect of dairy that is not subject to tariff. And so it's not about high tariffs keeping American dairy products out of Canada. It's the fact that one particular product was able to get into Canada uh, and then essentially Canadian producers lower the price uh, to, to make that U.S. ingredient less competitive. Right? I mean, it's, it's really convoluted. But again, nothing, nothing to do with NAFTA. Anyway, we'll take a quick break here. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.